0: Welcome to The Vital Podcast, where church revitalization is vitally important. Thanks for tuning in for proven and practical resources to help lead your church toward the fullness God has for them. This is a show where we not only come alongside to motivate you on your leadership journey, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to church health and growth. And now here's your host, Canon Mark Eldridge.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of The Vital Podcast. I'm Canon Mark Eldridge, your host today, Uh, and I'm really glad you chose to listen into this podcast. We're so glad you check in with us uh, when we record these and offer these to hopefully be helping you uh, live into a healthier uh, dynamic Anglican church that's fulfilling the Great Commission in our times and, and uh, healthy, growing Anglican churches. That's what we're all about. We want to help you uh, to to thrive in your local context. So uh, today I'm really excited about having back with me Mr. Sean Jekko, who's a good friend and a partner in uh, ministry with us at the Anglican Revitalization Ministries. And we both share a um, just a passion for evangelism and ne- the need for for more evangelism through the local church. And so we're going to talk again about that today. So, But welcome back to the podcast, Sean. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, it's interesting, for those of you who didn't hear Sean and I when we, were, we recorded previously, just a little background, but Sean and I have been friends for a long time, over Thirty years, I guess now, but um, but uh, back from high church church camp, high school days and things. But um, at any rate, um, interestingly, we kind of have diff- we took different tracks in life, and um, but but you know, so for me, I've had twenty plus years of being a priest in local Anglican churches, tr- you know, mostly through trial and error, trying to figure out how to how to do evangelism and how to reach the lost and bring them in and make disciples and and effectively do that and i've come to certain conclusions through those trials and errors that that work and i know they work and it's part of what we share in our Revitalization ministries and Sean. Meanwhile, he's had twenty plus years in the business world, particularly with marketing and advertising. And I'll let him talk about that. But 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 through his work in that, he's come to some of the same exact conclusions I have um, about what what would work and not work in evangelism through local church. So I just think that's fascinating. So we're going to share some of those thoughts with you today. Hopefully, um, it's helpful to you. So, but first of all, so so evangelism it's it's just so important it's necessary it's vital, but it's a huge challenge and it's it's a huge problem for all of our churches or most of our churches so what, what would you say to that what have you what have you found Sean in terms of your frustrations i suppose with with evangelism successfully happening in our churches
0: yeah it's you know um it's an interesting topic and, and one of the things um About me that you should know is I've I've been a I don't know a lifelong Anglican so started out in the Episcopal Church and then uh, I guess so then you're always an Anglican but anyway um, uh, over the years have had a lot of visibility into been a number of uh, Anglican churches and and I know that evangelism is a real struggle and so the other day I was actually preparing for a presentation and I ran across some statistics and these come from I just. stumbled across this video from, uh, it's called Christianity Explored Rethinking Evangelism. So, I'm oh, yeah. quoting some statistics that they shared, but it it um, kind of speaks to um, some of the challenges that the church is facing right now. So, here's here's just a couple statistics, right? So, three out of four Christians have less than 10 spiritual conversations with non-Christians in a year, which I was actually shocked at how many... <laughs>
1: I thought it would be
0: have less than three conversation, but have less than 10 spiritual conversations. And so, we'll set that um, out there. And then the next data point that they shared was nearly half of all Christians avoid having spiritual conversations for fear of being rejected. And I can totally relate to that. I mean, it is awkward and uncomfortable just to walk up to someone and say, let me tell you about Jesus.
1: Yeah, I've been, I, I have a passion for evangelism. I think I'm a spiritual gift for evangelism, and I would agree with that. It's it's still scary and awkward to me. Well, and that's
0: that's good to I'm know that, good that, at a, that a twenty year veteran yeah. is actually feeling <laughs> just, yeah, <I'm> just <laughs> I feel so it. bad yeah. now. Um, yeah. but then the the kicker in all this is yet eighty percent of Christians say that the best thing that could happen to a person is to come to know Jesus. And mm-hmm. there's the paradox, right? I mean, here we have three out of four Christians are not having um, spiritual conversations. Half of all Christians are, feel awkward about it. And yet the most important thing, the most rewarding thing in this life is to get to know Christ. So, right. I don't know. It's like, it's always been a head scratcher for me. I'm not quite sure why all three of those statistics are true. It seems like one or two should give way to the other. And yet they don't.
1: Mm-hmm. well one of the things we've we've been finding in uh, in the work we're doing with Anglican revitalization ministries we've we've assessed now uh, well over 120 churches I forget the exact number off the top of my head but but uh of, of Anglican churches in North America and consistently we're finding the 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 weakest area the lowest scoring area is this area of missions and evangelism and it just again seems to be across the board something that that every church struggles with, and another thing I, we've really observed and learned is that it just the church has done a, a terrible job in the last fifty plus years of disciple making disciples who know how to do evangelism, mm-hmm. and so again we just have a generation of churchgoers uh, who just weren't really trained well. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. It was sort of. It was something we talked about, but not necessarily we're really trained well in. And so, so that is. I think it adds to that. Just, we we know we're supposed to. We know it's important. We we believe as biblical biblical Christians that people need to know Jesus to go to, to have you know obviously go to heaven when they die, but also have a personal relationship with him now and all that stuff. Um, but we just don't know how to do it. Yeah, and
0: and it's just there's just a the, a whole level of awkwardness around it. And, and I've, I've been, I've attended churches and, and heard, uh, pastors from different denominations talk about evangelism. And I I don't know that anybody has the right solution. Um, So, you know, I think about my own experience with the Anglican church where we sort of just, we sort of let that problem take care of itself. (laughs) The sinners will find us and we'll welcome them with, you know, a warm loaf of bread and a visitor's bag. But I've, you know, I've (laughs) been in other denominations where pastors were taught growing up, here's how you flick... The track in such a way that it lands right in front of the person. <laughs> oh and I don't know that right. that's any more effective than what, what Anglicans are doing. So, it's a, right. it just seems like a universal problem with the Christian church. How do we share the gospel to people who want and need the gospel? Um, and how do we do it in a way that is effective and that doesn't make us Feel awkward or uncomfortable, um, and maybe yeah. maybe that's the problem. Is we don't want to be made to feel awkward or uncomfortable, but it, it still well, is the Great Commission, you know.
1: But that's right. That's right. That, there's there, there's no guarantee we won't. But but if we really love lost people and it, want them to go to heaven with us and be in the kingdom of God, we have to overcome that. Well, so let's let's shift to um, a little bit about some of those solutions. The how. Um, I mean, I. I get asked this a lot. Like, isn't it just personal evangelism? Should a local church they just we just need to have our people and the people in the ch- in the pews inviting their friends more? Well, I think obviously there's there's truth to that, and, and we need to as a church better equip people to do personal evangelism. But I'm a big advocate for local churches. Uh, Focusing in on or aligning themselves around a specific mission in their community to a specific people group, but I, I just find that if a church um, will say we're going to try to reach this particular people group as a church, it, there's alignment that comes around that, and then the people and you know the people who are know they're supposed to be doing personal evangelism, they actually grow in it because as they participate in the church's evangelism out you know focus. It strengthens them. They grow in it, and then they're more likely to actually share Jesus on, on the side to other people. So, so it just—it's it, a both and. But I—it's important that each church uh, find a particular people group in their community to focus on reaching. We we asked this key question in our in our revitalization seminar when we're helping churches in the 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 V of vitals, the vision for evangelism piece, to figure that out. We ask this key question, which is, How does God? want to express himself through this church in this community at this time? Uh, in other words, so, so what is God saying? Who does God want you as a church to focus on at this time? Not 20 years ago, not you know, 10 years ago, but at right now moving forward, who are the specific people that God is calling your church to focus on reaching in this community? And then we, try, we, we work with helping churches figure that out. And again, it's just something about brings alignment, and it strengthens everybody in the church. It sort of raises everybody's evangelistic uh, muscles or builds those muscles up when the church has a focus. But I don't know, I, and I know I've learned, I've learned a lot from you, Sean, on that, on that idea. I came to those conclusions through my own experience. But in talking to you, the business world, the marketing world speaks to that same idea of a focus and alignment in kind of different terms. Because so Could you share with our listeners a little bit about, about what you've learned? Yeah, e- there,
0: there's a lot of fascinating parallels, but let me just say first, no company in the world has grown accidentally. It's never happened. A- um, there's, a, there's a belief, this, this comes up a lot in the, in the startup communities, but um, there's a belief that if you build it, they will come right from right. the field of dreams and that just doesn't right. happen in in um in business and so I've, I've worked with a number of startups um where they built it and no one came and so they failed and so the second startup that a founder um initiates um they start building their audience as soon as they start building their product and i think there's a lesson there for churches as well if you build it they will not come <laughs> doesn't right. mean they're going to come. So so you have to go out and be intentional and your church you have to train your church and your church has to be practiced in this. But in what? And there are some basic skills and abilities and tools frankly that we could borrow from the secular world from marketing perhaps that may translate very well and help churches become more effective in their evangelism. Um, And I just want to be clear, what I'm not suggesting is that we change the gospel to accommodate changing needs of people, but we use the same sorts of tools that marketers use to bring a consistent message to a certain type of person. And right. so, there's a lot of structure and there's a lot of process that w- we can borrow from the secular world and use in the church world to really amplify and train um, and support our evangelism efforts.
1: That's great. And again, just that reiterates what I was saying earlier. We have generations of of church people who just weren't trained because we we were kind of trained, Most probably most of the people listening to this, your training, if you had anything, was build it and they'll come. You know, if we just have the right programs, if we just have the, the you know, a better sign out front, if we just, you know, if we get the right music, if we have the right, you know, loaf of bread and a coffee mug with a, et cetera, then people will come. And it, it kind of worked, certainly after World War II, you know, in in, in America that you built a church and. People moved into that community and they showed up. Well, again, uh, we've, I'm sure we've talked about this in the last podcast we did, but it, it just doesn't work anymore. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so back to you. So, yes, I just agree with you. Um, and We can learn from 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 these business ideas. Again, I came to this anyway. We, I want to repeat myself. Go ahead, keep keep going, Sean.
0: Well, I was just going to say that uh, um, as we sort of use those same um, tactics over the years, I think what the church is finding is. It's like a deck of cards and we keep just redistributing the deck of cards. We're not bringing new cards into the deck. And I think that is our Mm -hmm. call as Christians is to go out and to use our skills and abilities um, to bring new Christians to the faith. And um, so there's some structures. I think we're, you and I are actually going to be um, at New Wineskins Conference talking about this. But there's some right. some basic things that you need to do um, as a church. So the world is big. marketer. The world is big for marketers as well. I used to work for Home Depot as one of my first clients that I worked with. They had um, tens of million dollars a year to spend on marketing, and they didn't have enough money to reach their intended audience, right? I've yet to find a church that has tens of millions of dollars to spend on evangelism. So, they, you know, Home Depot has to be selective. Churches have to be selective. We can't reach everyone, but a particular parish can reach a particular mission field. So, you kind of have to look at the world and break it up into smaller pieces. We call that segmenting. Then when you have a series of segments, you can look at targeting a particular audience we are going to go after these people this church is built for these type of people we have gifts and abilities that will resonate with them they're in our immediate area Um, we this just seems like god made this happen for us and he Mm -hmm. did (laughs) he put those people in these places and this church in this place so that we can um, form a connection right Um, and then at a deeper level there's a number of different tools and resources that you can use to get to know those people and empathize with them and start to to kind of walk in their shoes so that you can start to build ministries for those particular audiences, ministries that are going to resonate strongly with them. Um, So, all of those things are, are tools and resources that we use in the marketing world to bring people to brands. There's no reason we can't use them in the church world to bring people to the gospel.
1: That's right. And again, I, I feel like we might have said this on the last podcast, but these, this is such a weak area for most of us. Anything we talk about is worth repeating multiple times because um, uh, to sink it, it help, help us all have it sink in. But uh, just biblically, it's just as you're saying this, I thought this is biblical and you know, the, you can look, there's Lots of places you could say this, but First Corinthians nine is the most clear one to me, where Paul was saying to the weak, I become weak; to win the weak, to you know, become to Jews, I become like a Jew. So he 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 said he he didn't change the gospel message, but he adapted how he presented the, the message to others weak. He would. Engage with them in the weakness to be able to share with them the same message uh, to the Jew. He would share it in a way that was going to resonate with them, so that they would come to saving knowledge of Jesus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's it's just that's all you're saying. That's all that I've learned uh, that works, and it does work. And it's
0: even you can see it um, in the gospel writers, the Synoptic Gospels, right? So Matthew was writing to the right. Jews, and so his scripture was full of prophecy and the fulfillment of prophecy because. That's what the Jews needed to hear. Mark was writing to the Romans and they, they wanted action, assertiveness, um, they wanted power to demonstrate. So Mark was very quick, very to the point. Um, he demonstrated sort of the, uh, the authority of Jesus. And you look at Luke, Luke was writing to the Greeks and the Greeks liked kind of higher concepts and art and sort of self-actualization. And if you read through Luke's gospel, there's a lot of that. So the way they presented the gospel changed based on their audience it was modified, right. but the gospel message itself was not modified. The presentation, how it was brought to them, was. Um, and so, that's a key point here. We're not changing the gospel, but we're saying maybe we need to think about how we approach sharing the gospel.
1: Right. And then for us, and for for as Christians, and for local churches, those, those um, you know, rather than maybe doing a splashy ad campaign that's figured out how to connect with a certain segment or target or etc., for us, it's going to be it's relational ways to connect with those people through service or ministry, through meeting felt needs, um, and in the process of of building those relationships, often through service, we earn the right to share the gospel with them and bring them into the church so that they can be made disciples. So, so again, it's not like oh, we come some big marketing campaign. It's it's going to be relationships yeah. through ministry, but. Well, listen, um, oh, go ahead, Sean, you have another point? Yeah, I was going
0: to say, one other thing, you know, uh, back in the day when you and I were in a church camp together, one of the things that I remember learning is make a friend, be a friend, and bring a friend to Christ. That's right. Um, and I think that pattern plays out in the, the, um, the tactics um, and approaches and strategies that you and I are talking about. Notice right. there's make a friend and be a friend first, and then bring a friend to Christ, and I think that those first two pieces get cut out a lot of times. The expectation mm-hmm. in the church is go bring a friend to Christ, and um, it will be a lot easier if you incorporate the first two steps in that process as well.
1: Yeah, or we want to. Yeah, we want to. We we just want. Yeah, we want to skip that. We just want to like hand out a brochure and hope that they come as a result of the of the the pamphlet we put on their door. Again, not that they're it's evil or wrong or bad. It's just it's it's skipping the make a friend, be a friend part, and just. Uh, it's not relational.
0: Yep, and so. that gets back to your point of building trust, um, right. earning the right to share the gospel with them, which is yeah. a very critical piece in all of this.
1: I remember as a teenager thinking that was so cheesy, to make a friend, be a friend. bring Because, I don't know, it was just... It just sounded... But it's true. It really does. It really work.
0: does. It stuck with us, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's good. Um, well, listen, I... Um, I, Sean mentioned uh, that he and I will be... We're going to be working together and co-teaching a uh, pre-conference at the New Wineskins Conference. So that's coming up in just another month. Uh, and so we're going to we're gonna talk about this and, and go into much more detail. We're, it's going to be a, kind of a day-long workshop where we're going to have breakouts and people to actually engage with these topics and think about how do we apply these in in my own local context. And so if if this was interesting to you and you're going to be at New Wineskins coming up in a month... I'd love to have you come a day early. Come to come to our pre-conference, and we want to work with you on this and help you apply this in your local contexts and your local church. So, uh, so you can sign up for that. You can go to the um, uh, the American Anglican Council website, or go to churchrevive.org. Um You can find a way to click on uh, on uh, scheduling for the or go to the new wine. Better to go to the new wineskins conference uh, website. And uh, then you can uh, they have the you know links on there for the pre-conferences and find I think it's called from maintenance to mission, or uh, moving a congregation from maintenance to mission. And so we'd love to have you come for that. But and if if you're not gonna be at New Wineskins, uh and you'd like to hear more about these kind of things, uh more about what we can how we can help you uh and your local church apply these concepts and see your church reach the loss, make disciples and grow your church, uh you can go to churchrevive.org and uh go to our web the webpage and see all the different resources we have from renewal uh resources to practical revitalization resources to books to uh so anyway just we want to help so go check all that out and uh and and let us help you as you lead your church uh fulfilling the great commission in our days well, sean thanks thanks for again for joining thanks and, for um, having
0: me and i hope to see everybody out at new wineskins
1: hope to see you there and uh, sean and i will love to greet you find us and we'll talk some more all right well god bless and uh see you on our next vital podcast
0: You've been listening to The Vital Podcast, a podcast of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, a division of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to share this podcast with other Anglican pastors and lay leaders who are also on the journey to church health. For more information on Anglican Revitalization Ministries and all it has to offer, be sure to visit www.churchrevive.org.